I'm Kirsty Logan, and this is my co-host Heather Parry. Hello. Hi. So, <laughs> <you're> excited. <laughs> we are excited. Slightly moving forward with trepidation. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are talking about *The Babysitter* by R.L. Stein, which I believe came out in 1989. I know. So it's breaking our '90s teen horror mm-hmm. thing. Although apparently it was out here in 91, I think. I think 89 was in the US, but still. Oh, we're so far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, in those days, that's how long it took to post the ship. <laughs> they had to come across by canoe. Yeah. One book at a time. <laughs> and they cost a thousand pounds each. Um, as we've already mentioned, this is OGRL. It is. It is original RL. I, although it's point hard number five. I know, because to me this is like the point horror book. The prototypical. It is. It is the one from which all others grow. Sprang? Sprang. <laughs> Don't know. One which birthed all the others. Because <laughs> oh. um, I remember having this as a teenager and I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really creepy and I just loved all the stuff, all the kind of American stuff in it and just thought it was brill. I want to reread Maybe not so much, but... Um, One thing that I did notice about this book is that a lot of the things in it subsequently appeared in Scream, the movie. Oh, yeah. Which came out in what? Early 90s? I think, like, 96? 96, okay. Mm. I think they're direct references. Do you think? Oh, interesting. Um, Before we get into that, let's talk about the cover. Okay. Now, this is a classic... (laughs) horror <laughs> cover. Um, you can actually buy this on t-shirts mm-hmm, now, can't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our listeners, Dr. Emma, has got one and she sent us a picture of it on our social media and it was great and made me feel very jealous. Um, do you want to describe that, Kirsty? Yeah, so it's got, presumably Jenny, our main character, is on the phone. So it's a girl, she looks quite young, she's got long brown hair and she's on a phone, like an old, well, wouldn't have been old at the time, but a landline, kind of big black receiver, and she's holding it, and she's looking out of a window. But weirdly, I remember I had this as a kid, and I remember thinking that she was in a phone booth. Yeah, I mean, it does look like she's in front of a desert. Which doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, like a phone booth in a desert. And there's trees behind her. Because so if what she's... Is she... So she... So she can't be at the window, because the desert's behind her. Or she's... At the window staring into the house, and we're also inside the house. So she's on a phone outside the house. Looking in. It's confusing. And And why is it in a desert? Because the book isn't set in a desert. Anyway, if you just focus on the main part, it's fine. If you try and go any deeper, too much with all of these books, it kind of crumbles. It's more story relevant than a lot of covers that we've had thus far. Yes, because at least she's on a phone, which is relevant to the plot. Yes, and um, the tagline says, every step she takes, he'll be watching, uh, which I'm pretty sure is a Sting song. <laughs> <laughs> is there not some intellectual copyright issue there? You would think, and I also just think there are some better phrases in the book that they could have used, but hey, I'm not the cover designer, so... Yeah. Again, better better than most, yes. I'd say. So let's get right into it. Oh, let's dig in. I can't wait. Um, do you want to pour the coffee yeah. while I do this? <laughs> I'm going to do the... You might hear a slight pouring sound because I'm going to plunge the cafetiere. Do you know when I was a kid, my favourite game was with a cafetiere, not with any liquid in it. And I would put a Lego man at the bottom and then slowly plunge the plunger while... I was the evil genius and he was like James Bond kind of thing. So I would plunge the plunger and be like, there's no escape now. No, no, nothing you can do. You're looking at me with such horror. <laughs> that was your favourite game. I mean, I had many favourite games. I also really liked playing with an egg slicer, um, which I don't really know why we had. Where were the adults? <laughs> <laughs> I did have actual toys, but apparently I liked to play with objects stolen from the kitchen 
better. Yeah, and we had an egg slicer that I was really obsessed with and I really liked playing with. Um, which is, now that I say it out loud, weird. it is weird. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was weird at the time, but I do now. I was, as you might imagine, quite an energetic child. Um, so my mum used to sometimes send me outside to throw the tennis ball against the wall. So oh. I got tired. Which is, I realise now, what you do to a dog. <laughs> so I was a, an evil genius and you were a golden retriever. Oh, yeah. That's so true. <laughs> okay. Aww. Anyway. Let's did, dig did in. Did you have this book when you were a kid? Um, yeah, I think everyone had this book. Didn't yeah, they? I think it kind of came along with your birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> um, two years after you were born, though. Mm. You got it in the UK. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone had the babysitter... The girlfriend that we've already talked about, mm. the boyfriend, because they mm-hmm. came in a set, mm-hmm. and um, like a, a Halloweeny one, trick or treat, or what? There was yeah. another one called something around that, like April Fool, like or one with like a pumpkin on the. Cover. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they were the they were your shoe in mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. team horror. Okay, so the protagonist of the babysitter is Jenny Jeffers, which is a very restrained name mm-hmm. for Bob Stein. Um, and Jenny has Bobbit Bobbit Stein. Robot Stein. Mm-hmm. Robot. I don't know why it makes me want to say it like that. I don't know. Uh, Jenny Jeffers has round black eyes. She has the black eyes. <gasps> hmm. Is it a red herring? We'll see. Mm. And <laughs> I just love this description. She is so smooth, so cool, so calm. <laughs> Does it say that? About yeah, it's her? like on the so first page. So smooth. So smooth. So cool. So calm. smooth. It's creepy. I'm going to start saying that. Hi, Heather, how are you? So smooth. So, smooth. <laughs> so cool. So calm. <laughs> but in really stress-heavy situations as well. So cool. So smooth. I'm so calm. So calm. Anyway. Just be like, smooth. If someone says, how are you? Just go, so smooth. Smooth. That's quite... They'll be like... Ugh. And just stroke your own skin Gross. while staring at them in the face. I'm so smooth. Staring at them in the face as opposed to what? The knees? Staring at their boobs. <laughs> I always go for the knees. Um, Jenny has a vivid imagination and, quote, is always trying to make the world more interesting than it was. Mm. A plot point, do you think? Is mm-hmm. he trying to signpost a thing here? Aspiring writer, I'd say. Oh, God, yeah. Thank God she doesn't write any poetry or any fiction in it. Mm. Any fiction is so good, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> uh, Jenny's best friend is Laura, who doesn't care about what people think. And it's impulsive and less timid than Jenny. Um, I feel like you're mocking Laura right now. You're doing your shoulder wobble. <laughs> Do I have a mocking shoulder wobble? Yes. <laughs> well, we've got a. Gr- we've actually got like a more extensive characterization. For, sorry, physical characterization for both than we have in probably the entire rest of the Point Hard canon. <laughs> Sometimes Jenny wished she could look like Laura too. Laura was so tiny, so perfect, so light. God, he's really doing a rule of threes here, isn't he? Yeah. Robot Stein. <laughs> it's the algorithm. Uh, she, <laughs> she was the shortest girl in the sophomore class, but that was certainly no handicap because she was also the most beautiful. She was smoke, so smooth. <laughs> so calm. <laughs> she had cheekbones like a model, like all humans, I would say, and curly straw-coloured hair that fell down to her shoulders like a waterfall. Mm. Mm-hmm. She had sky blue eyes and creamy white skin and a tiny red heart-shaped mouth. Tiny this is red. my turn. I'm so beautiful, so smooth. Do you so like my tiny mouth hole? <laughs> Ooh, a tiny mouth hole. Ooh, sorry. That's my robot name. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> I've been reading a lot about sex robots and you didn't come up. Something's come up. Uh, so Laura is very popular. She can go out with a different guy every night of the week if she wanted. Jenny felt... Oh, don't they live in a small town? She'll run out eventually. Oh, she will. <laughs> That's the problem with... Yeah. Jenny felt terribly plain next to Laura. She was of average height, which made, made, which made her nearly a head taller than Laura. But her figure was still extremely boyish. Girl, I feel you. She had dark brown hair, which she wore in stylish long bangs that fell over her left eye. And the hairstyle copied from a model she had seen in Mademoiselle. Large, serious eyes. What does a serious eye look like? I don't know. <laughs> I would say that's more murderer. Intense. Murderer eye. And a long, straight nose. And lips that always seem to be pouting. Let me do serious eyes and a lips that always seems to be pouting. 
Oh, God. You look like you're some kind of evil... Having a poo. Oh, yeah, is that your poo face? <laughs> why do you stare so intently? It's why David leaves the house. <laughs> he could just leave the room. He could... No, you live we, in a completely glass house. <laughs> wow, we're really going down a hole here. Me. Down a mouth hole. Um, <laughs> I think they both sound quite attractive. Yes. Yeah. When we can't have an uggo in a point aura. You cannot have an oh, uggo. Uggos have no lives. <laughs> <laughs> but any, uh, Jenny's very jealous of Laura, and I don't think she's got anything to be jealous about. No, I think they're both beautiful in their own way. Fine looking girls. Mm-hmm. And they've got youth on their side, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we meet them um, when Laura, a great friend, is accompanying Jenny most of the way to her first babysitting gig, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is a nice, you know, female solidarity. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And as Jenny says, the gig is in a strange house in a strange neighbourhood. I wonder whether that could become a thing. Anyway, they're chatting about which boys they like, and Jenny is interested in class clown Chuck Quinn. But he, mm-hmm. she worries that he'll embarrass her all the time. Now, we have talked extensively about how a lot of the characters in, especially R.L. Stein books, are tedious teenage boys doing sh- stupid things that aren't even funny. Yeah, like falling down pranks. Yeah, or this one. <laughs> he put. They talk about how funny it was, how <laughs> hilarious it was, <laughs> when he put hard-boiled egg slices over his eyes. What a japester. My god. Stinky face. <laughs> Chuck <laughs> Quinn. I hate the smell of hard boiled eggs. Stinky face. <laughs> it's like That's a five year old's insult. You've got a you stinky, can't stinky egg face. face. Well, that's what you deserve if you put an egg over your eyes and well. call it comedy. It also really made me think of. Um, when I was in high school, we ended up having a food fight once outside on the grass, and I took a scotch egg to my left eye, Ooh. like in its entirety. And uh, I, someone, I'm gonna, no one will be able to see this, but you'll be able to react. I'm ready. Um, someone asked me if I was okay, and I apparently turned around and said, "Yes, I'm fine," and had what that was. <laughs> you had a weird eye. It was called from then on Scotch Egg Eye. Okay. Where like it's sort of half closed, half open, and like fluttering. Oh. And to this day, I can't do it with this eye. So the Scotch egg had a real impact. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it because wow. it's really unsettling, it's really isn't it? Me really out. horrible. Um, so yeah, there's a really sort of weird description here of how um, she got this job. So just oh, wait, we're not even there yet. I have to point out something because when they're talking on the bus, it says, "quote They'd been friends so long they didn't have to laugh at each other's jokes." I've got to say, to me, this is damning proof that Robot Stein does not understand human, human beings, behavior yeah. doesn't understand human humor like you get to a point of friendship where you just stop reacting to each other's jokes they yeah you have a conversation and you're just stony faced the entire time <laughs> i don't feel like i don't get what he's getting at there do you not think it's funny no we've just been friends a long time so i don't, I don't laugh i don't have to i have no emotions whatsoever for no. this person but she's anyway. still a good friend because She's taking her there on the bus. Yes. I think it's very good, and we can all learn from that, I think. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> I'm going to read this to you, Kirsty. Just imagine that you've got a child, and this occurs. Would you take this person to then be your babysitter? So, um, she's hanging out at the mall with her cousin Melanie, and then you see a little boy. He's hard to miss. He had the most amazing blonde hair. She goes on about she's, how attractive this kid is. I feel like she's got a wee thing for this kid, which it's is disturbing. Horrible, horrible, and really inappropriate. Um, it was pure white. Bob Stein mm-hmm. likes to put pure white heads in his pure white heads. <laughs> pure, pure white, white blonde, blonde hair. hair. You can't be that common. Is this a bit of a children of the corn? Are we supposed to draw connections between all his different books? Oh my god! Maybe there's some grand theory in there. Maybe. No, there isn't. <laughs> it's very straight and shiny. He looked like the kind of kid you only see in TV commercials. I'm imagining the Milky Bucket. I was imagining Macaulay Culkin. Oh yeah, but it's. it's was he not? The... <laughs> um, he was by himself playing in the fountain and his toy tank fell into the water. He started to climb in after it. I shouted for him to stop. He didn't seem to be with anyone. Um, so essentially she runs over and saves him out of the fountain. Grabbed him by his shoulders, picked him up and pulled him away. He was the cutest kid I've ever seen. Big blue eyes, so big they didn't look real. Round cheeks and that amazing blonde hair. He thanked me and told me his name was Donnie. 
I asked him where his mum and dad were, and he didn't seem to care. He told me he was six, but he seemed very sophisticated for six. Now, is that a last line something that a pervert would say <laughs> if they were defending uh, their relationship with a six-year-old? I think it is. They were like, oh, they may be six, but they're yeah, very mature. He's very mature Very mature six-year-old. I'm pretty sure that is directly out of Lolita. Yuck. Would you also, met that person they are kid? just, I mean, we'll go into that later, but they're not good parents. No, they're not. Although I have got some sympathy for Mr. Hagen. Yeah. So our little boy's... Hagen? Ha- how do you say I'm it? Hagen. Hagen. Oh, see, I'm coming Hagen from Hagen, like guys. H-A. That's two A's, though. Mm. Hagen. Okay, Mr. Hagen. Hagen mm. feels weird. They... You say Hagen and I'll say Hagen. That'll be really upsetting <laughs> to anyone. Let's, let's, I'll do Hagen. We can't both be wrong, so at least then one of us is right. <laughs> we can absolutely both be wrong. <laughs> well, like a... it's something else entirely, like Hagen. You, 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 you don't pronounce the G. It's a silent G. Han. 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 Mr. Han. Or maybe you don't pronounce any of them, Mr. Just a, just a silent smirk. <laughs> just call him Sir. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, I think that, so they, Donnie loves her so much that they're like, we need a babysitter Thursdays and Saturdays. Who's got a schedule that Also, we rigorous? know you're a complete stranger, but were things different in the 80s? They must have been. Because she doesn't know them. She's not given the number to her mum or anything. Her mum's never met them. My mum wouldn't, at the age of, what is she, 15, 16? My mum would not have let me go to someone's house if she'd never met them and didn't have their phone number. Did you ever have a babysitter? That you didn't know. Because I never did. No. I feel like that's quite an unusual thing in the UK. No, it was always like my neighbour's kids or would babysit us. an auntie or, yeah. Yeah. I used to or babysit for my cousin. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really get people in, do we? I feel like even in the States they usually know the kid. Yeah, it's like the neighbour's kids or something. Mm. Unless you're like a professional childminder or something. But that's she's obviously not. She's no, just yeah, a 16 year old girl. She's, she's never, never babysat before. She's never done it before, so... She takes the job, um, which I will say, her mum does say later on that like it's really good that you've got this job because it helps us out, which I think that's true. very rare mm-hmm. in the point horror world for a kid to be not a shithead <laughs> and for a mother not to have loads of money. And that's why she doesn't quit the job sooner when weird things start to happen because she says, my mum really needs this money. Mm-hmm. Which is nice, nice to read this mm-hmm. every once in a while. So she takes the job. Um, and so chapter two starts with her arriving for her first job. And let me tell you, Mr. Han is a babe. <laughs> He's a big man. So tall he had to stoop in the low entranceway. He was built wide with big shoulders and powerful looking hands. Mm. He was good looking in a square jawed, old fashioned kind of way. Who are you imagining now? A square jawed, square jawed, old fashioned kind of big shoulder way. Like someone from an old film, like John Wayne or somebody yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm seeing Gregory Peck. Oh, yeah. He was wearing a charcoal grey suit, which was snug against his broad chest. Mm. His dark hair was cut short, almost a crew cut, and thinning just a bit in front. His eyes were small and steel grey, and never seemed to stop darting about. I'm seeing, like, George Clooney now. Oh, yeah, I am seeing like a silver fox. I really do like a silver fox. Uh Less attractive. <laughs> His <laughs> cheeks and ears were red. Whether from excitement or nervousness or their natural hue, Jenny couldn't tell. So he's really skittish, apart from being weird, hot. He's really skittish yeah, and nervous. Red, red ears thing's weird. You see that? Just oh, the whole. His whole nervous just made me think he's just a coke addict. Mm, <laughs> he's probably just it was quite, the 80s. Yeah, exactly. His wife has no idea. She's like, I don't know why he's so nervous. Don't mention anything in front of him. <laughs> He's doing and he's like, <laughs> excuse me, I've always got a cold. Go to the... <laughs> <laughs> Lay off it. Uh, bad time. So, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Hahn in... <laughs> Mrs. Hahn. <laughs> there were no G's in this entire book. Um, she's just plain in comparison, isn't she? She's just, yeah. she's just plain. She's a mom. She's a mum. just a mum. American mom. I feel like mom is very different to a mum. Oh, yeah. A mum will, like, smack your face. A mum. I was thinking like a mum, weird cultural references we've got, I think a mum makes steak and kidney pie <laughs> and strokes your hair and you think she slaps you. <laughs> I'm northern. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, my mum's from Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> but she's had such a great tennis career that she's been well, removed yes. from the Um <laughs> So the house is very creepy. 
uh, they inherited it and it needs a lot of work. It's got a lot of like clappy outside bits, hasn't it? And like screen doors that are mm-hmm. coming off. And um, yeah, it's essentially not a very nice area. Well, it's not a very nice house. It's in quite a fine area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's quite run down. And it's kind of, it's so far at the end of the street that it's in the woods. Yeah, the woods. Never a good sign. Don't go in the woods. Um, and we're told that they sort of haven't got enough money to mm-hmm. do it all up, so they've only done up the kitchen, I think they said. Um, also, strangely, there have been attacks on babysitters in the area. Which, again, I'm like, why are you letting your 15-year-old go to somewhere that's really remote? You're not even dropping her off. You're not even dropping off. You've never met these people. She does have the address, because that comes up later oh, Okay. On. Uh, but, yeah, very... Mm. I personally wouldn't do it. No. No. But anyway. Um, and again, we're told about Donnie's beautiful white blonde hair shaped like a golden bowl. I made a note of that as well. A golden bowl. I mean, yeah. that was the haircut in the... It says, it was so it? smooth and wonderfully shaped like a perfect golden bowl. So shiny. So fine. <gasps> She's really it. obsessed with his hair. Oh, it's weird. Like, really obsessed with it. Mm. it she mentions it a lot of times. She also mentions... It's not as disturbing as I'm making it sound, but she mentions several times how hot his body is. Like, literally, that it is hot, temperature hot. So it's, he feels like a little furnace. And, and little kids like, are like that when they're in bed. They are. Like, but... if you've ever like looked after a relative and you put them to, like, a younger relative, obviously, and you've put them to bed and then they wake up just drenched in sweat. Yeah. They just, why do they sweat so much? Is it not that younger, well, babies anyway, kind of can't regulate their temperatures? That's why you have to make sure that when it's cold, you put hats and things on them. Oh, and when right. it's too hot, they're not under big covers and things because apparently they can't regulate their temperatures as well as adults can. Oh, I wonder if that's something to do with the growth going on because a lot of physical stuff is happening to you. Maybe, and also like much smaller body mass. Mm. So kind of heat can't escape. I don't really know. But maybe that's. <laughs> Look at us trying to do science. Clearly, we haven't got a fucking clue what we're talking about. Biology, I can only apologise. Mm, yeah. Um, so, uh, she gets left alone with Donnie. Yes. Um, and she's kind of alright with it. Um, she gets scared by a cat that they haven't told her they've got. Yeah, who which never, is a bit weird. Never really appears again. No, that is weird. And runs under a couch. Well, she also says a weird thing. So she says, the ch- well, the chances of this baddie choosing this house is one in a million. But I'm like... I like it's probably unless... one in the amount of town. Because there's not a million houses in that town. Because she says oh, it was even one in 10,000. I'm like, are there 10,000 houses in that town? I bet there would be. She think? Well, it's maybe one in, one in ten. That's not one in a million. You don't understand how probability works. <laughs> we don't understand science. No. She doesn't understand maths. No, Never mind. anyway. Um, she sits down in it. I really like a nice bit of intertextuality, mm-hmm. as I've talked about before. She sits down to read a Stephen King book. Oh, yeah. Annoyingly doesn't tell us which one. Yeah. What, what one do you think? Well, if it was in the 80s, mm. it would have to be one of the early ones. I reckon it's Carrie. Oh, maybe. Because it's a good short read, isn't it? He starts writing thousand word Mm. giants a little bit later on. Um, Thousand page, that's not that long, a thousand words. (laughs) I can't read over (laughs) a thousand words. (laughs) Thousand pages, thank you. Um, She sits down to read a Stephen King book and then she starts hearing footsteps. (gasps) And they're Donnie's. So just don't get carried away because this, this... it's a very slow book, isn't it? It's not as... I feel like... I quite like this book, and I think it's before Robot Stein got too bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's before he started using the formula. Because it's not as cliffhangery. because we've noted this before of R.L. Stein books, that every chapter ends on a cliffhanger that is ludicrous, and it doesn't... does it a little bit in this, but not so much. It no. is quite slow, and not that much happens. And they're not ridiculous things, like, that's just some footsteps, and it's the kid they're looking after, not... Well, I'm touching a corpse. Chapter, oh no, it's a mop. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... I, come on. As a side note, is Bobbert Stein a white supremacist? Because he talks... I feel like we're making some claims here. We're going to get sued. <laughs> she talks, he talks a lot about beautiful white blonde hair in every book and quite a lot about pale skin. And the people with brown hair are the less attractive ones. Yeah. The blonde ones are the most beautiful ones. Yeah. Is Uh-oh. he master race? I mean, that's a big leap to make, but 
Let's make it. <laughs> Let's just say it. I'm not saying he's a white supremacist. <laughs> I'm asking if he is. That's definitely oh, a different, that's different legal point. That's different. Okay. I cannot be taken to court. <laughs> I hope. Uh, <laughs> so Donnie's um, up and about because he's uh, a kid. You know, that happens. I wouldn't be put to bed. So then she, he asks her to tell him a story. And she tells him a story about a kid who um, scares the babysitter. And I, immediately I was like, this is a stupid story. And then it's that the babysitter then scares the kid back. Yeah. And he loves it. It, it. it involves her getting really close and screaming in his ear. Which is a terrible story to try and put a child to bed with. I know. My dad used to do that. Not that exact thing, but... Um... He used to kind of wind me and my brother up just before bedtime, and my mum used to hate it. And at the time, I was like, why is my mum such a stick in the mud? And now I'm like, oh, why does she put up with that? That sounds so irritating. <laughs> like, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, oh, it just sounds like the worst. It would drive me mad if somebody did that. I do that now to my partner. <laughs> He'll get out of the bath and be all nice and relaxed in bed. And I, we hit the witching hour, and then I get my second, third, or fourth wind and cannot rest until he's been really riled up and can't sleep. But this... Came back. Why are you like this? Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it also came back to bite me right in the ass um, the other week because I can't remember how it came about, but I ended up like headbutting him in the bum. Oh, wow. And then my, the bridge of my nose hit his coccyx. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. The bone. <laughs> also not a euphemism. And it was like being kicked in the face. You know when a ball hits your face again, not a euphemism. Oh, wow. dear me. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. It was very painful and stupid. And, and I also, got what I deserved. I was just going to say you did. Totally got You've got no one else to blame. No, a story of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, she, this manages to put Donnie to bed, even though he must be wired on just the sheer adrenaline of the story. And also, get some fucking discipline in this kid. Yeah, she loves him so much. Let's get away with everything. No. Bad, terrifying. Get her away from vulnerable children. Um, there's a knock at the door. <gasps> who is it? It's Willers, the neighbour. Oh. Who no, it has not been mentioned. Willers red herring. Yeah, Willers. Willers as well. Willers. Um he says he saw a prowler and he was just investigating it. Now why would you wouldn't you go and investigate it together? Wouldn't you knock on and then be like, I think there's someone in the garden, do you wanna have a look? Rather than like, mm. I was prowling around your garden. To find a prowler, to which is definitely prowler. not me. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, well, I'll be here every Thursday. Stupid. That was stupid. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then Donnie scares her again. Because he's a shitbag. Tranquilize that child. Um, he needs a bit of discipline is what he needs. Yeah. Anyway, she gets through it and it's fine. And she goes home. Mr. Hahn drives her home. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hahn's really nervous, isn't he? Every time he comes home, he's like, is Donnie okay? Is Donnie okay? Is Donnie okay? And it's like, like cocaine. Yeah, it is. Just jittery. Just take a downer. Calm mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> or stop taking that yeah, situation. Um, so again, we hear about how Laura is a little bit of a um, hoe. She was so beautiful. She could have any boy she wanted. But Jenny thought it was kind of sad that Laura wanted them all. Is this slut shaming? Yes. I think it is. I think if you're young and beautiful, sleep with as many people as you can Go as for quickly it. Why not? as possible. If yeah. you want to, do it. I've always thought this about virginity as well. You know how the narrative is, oh my god, you've got to save your virginity. No, throw it away. It is rubbish. What it will be the worst sex you ever have. Yeah. Throw it away immediately and get on with the rest of your life. Yeah, but weirdly, it's only female virginity that is prized. Exactly. True. <sighs> mm. Or everyone throw it away, consensually, safely. When you want to. Throw it away, yes. Get rid of it as soon mm-hmm. as you feel ready. Don't let anyone shame you into thinking that once you are not a virgin, you are in any way lesser. No, I think you're better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, am I going to say that? I have, so there we go. <laughs> virgin or not virgin, it's all cool. Yeah, you're good people. Do what you want to do. Um, do whatever you want with your genitalia. Or whatever you don't want to do, Yeah. also. So, speaking of uh, dicks... Uh, <laughs> they're out having a bit of a ice cream or whatever um, and Chuck appears from under their table and says to Jenny that he was looking up her dress and she looks down and notices that she's not wearing one hmm. and and then what is this like japes is it japes for someone to just crawl under your table fucking japes no it's not japes he's just a dick How? and I think Robot Stein really tries to make him not even likeable, but kind of pathetic. Mm. Like, oh, he only makes these jokes because he's so lonely and he's so misunderstood and boo-hoo-hoo. 
he's just an asshole. He's just a rude asshole. And also, <laughs> can I just point out something which I feel like needs explored further? So it says, <clears throat> he, when he meets Jenny's mom, Jenny's mom had thought he was pretty terrific too. Sure, he did some gross things with a bunch of bananas he found on their table, and I'm like, what, what did, did he do? do? There's only one thing you can do with a banana. I mean, what that's can gross. you do exactly? What could he have oh. done? Don't no insertion of bananas anywhere, or eat it and regurgitate it onto the table like you're feeding a baby bird. Basically, whatever he's done with bananas that's gross in front of his girlfriend's mum is not something he should be doing. No, don't. Best behaviour, please. <laughs> Come on. No. Call her Mrs. Mrs. Jenny? What's Jenny's name? Wait, 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 wait. Jeffers. Mrs. Jeffers. Mrs. Jeffers. Good Mm -hmm. name, that. Um, Yeah, so she sort of, like, thinks she should be giving him a bit more of a chance, although I would be like, you can get the fuck. Um, Yeah, why? There's other men. He doesn't have to have that one just because he's there. He's sort of a liar. And she's like, I'm going to ask him a question to see if he can tell the truth or be serious for a minute. And she Mm -hmm. says... Where have you come from? You're new in town. And he says, me and my dad arrived here from Mars. And she's like, ugh, great. And he's like, no, Mars, Pennsylvania. And this is quite a long exchange. Yeah. I think it's meant to be funny, but it's not really. So because he could bear to not lie for a a brief second, um, she then thinks that she should go out with him. So he says, do you want to go out with me? And she says, yeah. And he says, what about Saturday? And she says, "Um, but I'm babysitting that day. And then he aggressively invites himself. That is not okay. She she tells him no many, many times. times. So he says, I'll come over. And she says, no, I don't want you to. And he says, I will. And she says, no, don't come over. And he says, no, I'll show up. And she's like, don't, don't come, come over. over. She says at one point, don't come over. It's my job. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, good on you, serious girl, taking your career seriously. Mm-hmm. You know you're providing a little bit into mm-hmm. the house. That's important. You know it's against the rules. Mm-hmm. And, we, no, and also, she doesn't rules. like him. Yeah, like, like, get away. Whether she doesn't want him to come because he, she doesn't want to mess up her job or because she just doesn't, doesn't like really him. like him, it doesn't matter. She says no. No means no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she says it over and over, and he kind of, ugh, anyway. But then I feel like we can trace him back to Donnie because she says, oh, I just can't say no to Donnie because he's too clever, too charming, too cute, too obnoxious and bratty I would say and also later she's like oh in a few years those girls are going to have to watch out oh. and I'm like yeah because you've already taught this child that no means yes yeah. you've already taught him that if he just continues to ask for what he wants everyone will eventually give in to him because he's so charming and I'm like that's how we end up with, with guys like men. Chuck and yeah. these men who don't take no for an answer I just not that I'm blaming this 16-year-old girl for <laughs> creating the problem. I think but that's I'm exactly also like, well, yeah. As a society, I feel like if we were less like, oh, but he's so charming, I can't say no. We'd be like, well, you can say, say no if somebody's charming. Don't give him that third bowl of cornflakes or whatever it was. How yeah. charming can a six-year-old be? I mean... They're mainly cloying and selfish. I mean, my nephews are around that age, and they are incredibly charming. But I also feel like it's my job as the adult to put my foot down and be like no you can't jump off that bridge no you can't eat that piece of glass you can't do these things that are bad for you you see i my younger nephew is five years old and i think he's great but i don't think he's charming he's weird and funny and alone to himself but he's not trying to charm anyone you know Mm. he's not like oh can i have that coffee you know what i mean he's not like kind of creepy for a six-year-old to be charming. charming it's kind of manipulative i think evil yeah Hmm. And they can't be really interesting because all they know is like l- Lego unboxing videos. Which again, YouTube. you're like that can be cute and likable, funny, yeah, charming. Oh. Maybe also, we just don't like six year olds as much as Jenny does. Also, he tells Sam Parry to go to bed. He goes to bed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, he, he hates tells, it. He cries exactly. away. You tell my nephews what to do, and they are going to do it. They mm-hmm. are going to grow up, and they are going to treat their partners very well. No means no. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So we're at the next um, babysitting gig, because she goes back, and she gets a mouth breather phone call. So the phone rings. <sighs> and see, see if you can see the scream reference here. Okay, I'm ready. She gets the mouth breather, breather call. <sighs> that's a, that's Ooh, mouth breathing for you. That was weird. And then she goes, wait, I know what this is. And guess what? The call, Kirsty, is coming from inside the house. <sighs> But that is a classic urban legend. Yes. 
And also, impossible with the infrastructure of phones because oh. she goes upstairs and We've finds... we got two lines, though. The phone's got two lines. Has it? Yeah. In our house, when I was growing up, our phone had two lines. Well, it's like two separate phones, but we had two phone lines in the house because in those days you needed one for the internet, right? Not that I'm saying they need it for the internet, but you so can't we have just, two lines. We just can't, couldn't use the phone if we were on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and if, so, if you were on the internet and someone picked up the phone, it caused the, the noise. Yeah, It just cut the thing. You just were removed from the internet, oh, okay, which then. is very annoying if you're playing a game. Um, so she finds Donnie on the phone and she's like, you're doing a mouth breather phone call to me. Could you stop? And he's like, no, I just picked up the phone. Mm. And she clarifies that this is the case. I still think it's weird. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's not the greatest plot point I've ever read in my life. No, but then it comes back. Sorry, the, there's another phone call. And this time the person speaks. And he says, Hi, babes. Are you all alone in that big house? Company's coming. Which could have been a very good tagline. That would it? have been a good tagline. Are on. you all alone? Company's coming. Hmm. And then that person gets off the phone. Very busy phone this evening. Mm. Um, and it's Mr. Han. Mr. Han. Being a responsible parent. Okay. And she's making out like, oh god, he's really over the top. And I'm like, you know what? If I left my beautiful, charming six-year-old with a complete stranger, I'd probably ring every half hour. I mean, maybe not every half hour, but I would ring just to check. She's like, oh my god, they've only been away two and a half hours. Yeah, that's two and a half hours you could have murdered their child. Yeah. And disappeared into the night. They don't know anything about you. Mm. And she is making out like he's a weirdo, and then she goes a little bit snooping around the house, and she finds a picture of a girl who looks just like Donnie. I wonder who that could be. Who is it? Dead sister. Oh, okay. That, you revealed that very quickly. <laughs> I did. Which, I'm, you're like, fair enough that he's maybe a bit uptight if he's had a dead child. That's yeah. harsh. Um, it's kind of annoying because they're like, oh, it looks, this is a kid that looks like um, Donnie, but she's got a pink bow in her hair, so it must be a girl. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe Donnie just likes pink bows. Really? Yeah, like, come on, that's a bit gender socialism, isn't it? And then she sees a car outside with someone in the front seat. <gasps> right, so we're halfway through the book now and nothing has happened. No. She's got a weird She's phone call. She's got one weird phone call. Which could have just been Mr. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning she's chatting to her mum and they've got a nice little conversation, don't they? About like, well, it's really good that you're doing this. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, it's a bit creepy. And she's like, well, this weird thing happened where Chuck rang, who I assume is your boyfriend, and wanted her address and phone number at the Hargans and she, at the Hans. And her mum gave it to Chuck. Mm. Now, I don't think this is okay, because that's not your address or your phone number. No. I would be like, she'll be back at this time, you can call then. And also, you don't know if Jenny likes this boy, because she hasn't mentioned him before. Mm. So he might not have anything... Do you know what I mean? He might just be this creep that fancies her. She doesn't know. I think if a mutual friend of ours or someone who you had mentioned before came up to me and was like, can you give me Kirsty's phone number? I wouldn't. Mm. There's like almost no... If it was like a film agent or... Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was someone who would be helpful in your career trying to get in touch with you mm. to like give you an opportunity, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is our phone number. Or I'd take theirs and give it to you. That's what... See, I think that's a sensible thing to do. Yeah. Say, I'll take your number and pass it on. Yeah, she mm-hmm. can... If she knows the phone number. She could have rung mm-hmm. the hands. Yeah. <laughs> and given it to Jenny and had Jenny call Chuck. But then we wouldn't parenting. be able to have this stupid plot tangle. Yeah, we? it's almost like it's been put in there just for the sake of the plot. Almost. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> but I like that her mum is a legal secretary and uh-huh. struggles to make ends meet. I kind of like that. Well, I also like, can we dig into this a bit? Because I really like this one bit. Again, a lot of things are kind of dropped in and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then they're never picked up, picked up again. So she says, she suddenly notices that her mum has got a few grey hairs at which point I'm like, how old's her mum? Because I've got a bunch of grey hairs and I'm not old enough to have a 15-year-old, but okay. Um, I hate to break it to you. We're both old enough to have 15 year olds. What? Not only if we were very young. Yeah. Well, not even that young. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway, so she says, suddenly her mother looked very tired to her. Maybe she'd looked that way for a long time. Jenny realised she seldom really looked at her mother at all. She wondered if her mother looked this sad and tired down at the office too. A picture flashed into her mind of her mother at the law office where she worked, laughing and joking with the other legal secretaries, running around energetically, suddenly tap dancing on the top of the desk, leaping off it into the arms of one of the lawyers. Now, 
I quite like this. And I also like that when she meets Mrs. Hahn, <laughs> she says, oh, I was a linguistics major. I'm really interested in words and how they travel. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, plot point. No, mm, it's not. No, it's None not. of this no, is no, plot no. point. But I It's personality. Like, yeah. And it, but I find it interesting that both of these women are presented as someone who had a lot of potential in life but don't appear to be actually doing anything with that potential. They've decided to kind of become suburban moms mm. instead. and Or may not have decided to. Or may not have decided, but, but like they, they could have done a lot more with their lives, but they haven't done these things. And mm. I think we're in a different world now that perhaps you wouldn't write a character like that, but at the time, in the 80s, I wonder if that was on purpose. Yeah, that's a very good point. I definitely point liked that ling- linguistics bit and thought it was going to come back in. I know, and that wouldn't and that, that be nice about it was to do with language somehow or there was a plot point in the book that was to do with language or words or something but there's not jenny recorded the voice and she could figure out where that person was from because of the words that they used yeah that wasn't good wouldn't it or that she hears someone else say a similar phrase or something Mm. anyway i don't know Hmm. but then this is a book for 12 year olds so maybe we're asking too much this is very true um so then chuck takes jenny to a clay animation festival (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is the strangest thing we've had since the hot balloon the hot, hot air balloon, balloon festival. festival yeah god they love festivals in america yeah clay animation wow. festival i can't think of that's a lot of clay animation isn't it also it's a very slow process well yeah that's true <laughs> do you think it was just all um wallace and gromit it probably was yeah and they've only had like four films so how much of a festival is that it's more of an evening um anyway next time she's back at the harms um a gruff, a gruff whispered voice. Hi, babes. <laughs> Try and do a gruff Ooh. whisper. Hi, babes. Hi, babes. That's like someone's got a bone caught in their throat. That's isn't true. It? Hi, babes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marty Pello. <laughs> Hi, babes. Oh wait, maybe we're being too loud. It's whispered. Hi, babes. It just sounds like you've got a sore throat. Hi, babes. Hi, babes. Babes is a weird thing to say. Yeah, weird. Anyway. He threatens to come over and she calls the police. Smart. Sensible. I like it when people call the police when they're actually having a police-related Worthy incident. issue. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy says to her, we can't investigate phone calls. Now, I feel you can. <laughs> I feel like it's, in fact, very easy to investigate, investigate phone calls. You can trace them. I mean, maybe at the time you couldn't. Maybe. It's a bit laissez-faire, isn't it, anyway? Like... Well, yeah. I'd probably be fine. Or well, I'd be like, maybe get out of the house. Or like, if you're dead, we'll investigate that. <laughs> maybe get a friend to come over. Anyway, speaking of friends coming over, Chuck shows up in a scary mask. What a dick. What? I don't like, like him. What would possess you? Why would you Why do would that? Why would you do that? Because oh, he's a jolly jamester. Unless he's trying to scare her on purpose, which I think is a real dick move. He's a knobber. Like I don't like him. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. He, he tossed the hideous mask in the air and, laughing like a lunatic, leaped after it. Then he did a cartwheel on the grass. Still laughing jubilantly after his triumphant joke, he walked back to the window and pressed his nose against the glass. So you... Put a mask on your stupid fucking stinky face. <laughs> your egg face. <laughs> you press that stupid face to the glass, and then this was such a successful, triumphant joke that you literally cartwheel around the garden. You're genius. An absolute genius. What is going on there? Like, come on. And she's like, I knew you'd, like, go away, I mean it, get lost. She says all those things. Now, that is... Rescinding of consent, mm-hmm. I would say. I would be gutted if someone said that to me. If I went round to see someone that I fancied and they were like, just go away, I'd be like, shit, sorry. Yeah. yeah I will. I didn't realise you didn't like me. But he doesn't seem to hear her. Mm. And he goes, I gotcha, I gotcha. Wow, that was incredible. And she says, you're not funny, you're sick, you scared me to death. And tries to stab, slam the door, but he puts his foot in the opening. Again. He's horrible. Dude. He's really rapey, actually. Even he if is. he's not the murderer, he's really rapey, and I don't like it. And he says, move, she says, sorry, move away, Chuck. I don't want to see you. And he says, you look cute when you're scared. That is red flag right there. Go away, I really mean it. So we've had, like, four or five times that she has said, go away, get away from and me. And she told him not to come round in the first place. I don't want to see you. And then she, he says, it's cold out here. Just let me come in for a few minutes. 
He gave her a pleading little boy look. Please, I'll let you try on the mask. I'm serious, Chuck. Move your foot. I don't want to see you. Leave! Mm -hmm. Leave! And then he plays like baby, like, oh no, I shouldn't have done this. I'm a bad boy. (laughs) That should take the piss out of David voice. It really is. (laughs) Just what a dick, though. And anyway, she lets him in, um, and they end up making out. (laughs) Jenny. Oh, don't do it. And then, so, they kiss, and she asks if he called, and he says yes. And then there's a noise outside, and he wants to call the police, and she stops him. And then she takes her daughter out and goes investigating. Mm-hmm. Smart or stupid? Bit stupid. Maybe. Bit stupid. Brave. Yeah. Um, and it's Willers again. Dun, he's just dun, he's dun. just having a look for a prowler again. It's yeah. just what's happening. It's totally fine. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's definitely not him. And now she's really upset that she's kissed the guy that made these phone calls to her. And uh, he says to her, he's trying to explain why he did it. And she's like, fuck off. Not in as many words. And then he says, I'll do it in the normal voice. Okay. Please don't interrupt this is really hard for me. A boohoo. Yeah, what's really hard is that he rang and then was too embarrassed to talk to her and then put the phone down. Oh, it's really hard for me to say that I was embarrassed because toxic masculinity. <laughs> Fuck off. Which, like, yeah, okay. Mm. Anyway, he's like, I did the first phone call but not the rest of them. And then they make up for 20 minutes. Do they just kiss uh, for 20 minutes? They do something. <laughs> I see your obscene hand just No, I've, I haven't done a thing. <laughs> and then the Hans find them. Yeah. Yeah. I would be pissed off. I would be raging. I would be so mad. I came back and teenagers were full on having sex on my couch. <laughs> which they are, let's <laughs> that's, not kid. That's definitely what's happening. And then Chuck flees with his saggy cock. Um, oh, you, you went there, Kirsty Logan. <laughs> no. And then Mr. Hans quite rightly reiterates no guests. They mm-hmm. expect their babysitters to have no guests. Yeah, I wouldn't want teenagers running around my flat. No, getting their Get nasty internal fluids everywhere. And then when he's driving her home, he says, we had another child. And then nothing. Which I feel like, you know, you probably have to explain. I mean, that's <laughs> enough. Because they don't have one now. Well, they have one. Well, okay then. <laughs> they don't have another one. We had two. Yeah. Um... So, next day, next time she's there, someone follows her to the Han's house. <coughs> oh, bless you. Thank cough, you. Cough you? What do you say there? Cough me. Cough you. <laughs> um, so, someone follows her to the Han's house mm-hmm. and she runs. And then Mr. Han lets her in and um, he, uh, he says that they have no neighbours. She says, your neighbour, Mr. Willis, was following me. And he says, we have no neighbours. The lot next door has been vacant for six months. (gasps) Plot point. Anyway, they go out. And then Mr. Hahn has taken so much coke that he comes back incredibly (laughs) worried. And Donnie is gone. At which point, Jenny says, this can't be happening to me. It's not happening to you. It's happening to them. (laughs) And also, yeah, it's just happening. Yeah. It's not happening to anyone, really. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah. If anyone, them. Well, yeah. But potentially just occurring. Definitely not you. And he says, I actually found this really heartbreaking. Mr. Hahn says, this can't be happening. Not again. And yeah, I was like, oh horrible. my God. Imagine if you'd lost a child and then another one went missing. Like, can you imagine? I mean, using something like this as a plot point did make me quite uncomfortable. So yeah. I was like, mm, it's a bit much. Yeah, it? like, this really happens. Anyway, Donnie's just hiding. Because he's a shithead. Because he needs a slap. Yeah, he's awful. And then such a brat. On the way back home, Mr. Hahn says, I should apologise, and cries. Which is quite unusual, isn't it? Can you imagine seeing a strange grown-up cry as a teenager? That would be terrifying. Oh, God, I remember seeing my mum cry for the first time, and it was awful. I think it's because she didn't get a job. Oh, God, that's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I still don't ever think I've seen my dad cry. I saw him cry, I think, twice, ever. It was... Oh my god, it's horrible. One of my um, emotional, like, flicks, switch flicks, is just middle-aged or older men crying. Oh Immediate tears. Immediate tears. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel like it just makes you think something must be really wrong. Yeah. Really badly wrong. Oh, horrible. <sighs> mm. Anyway, Chuck comes over again, and he brings Laura and Eugene this time. 
Again, don't do it. She Laura's says no. not such a good friend either. Well, not only does she want to shag a guy called Eugene, Eugene. but oh. she's basically coming over to see Jenny just so she can fuck this guy in the other room, which is kind of gross. Not cool. Very teenage behaviour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just dicks. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, Eugene tells Chuck that he's left his headlights on, and then Eugene says... I'll be right back. <laughs> Which we all know is a bad idea. But does anything happen to Eugene? No. no not at all. He's not the babysitter. The only thing that comes back, that, that happens, is that Mr. Hahn comes home. That's not even his name. With well, I don't know if that's his name. And he finds them making out. By the way, this like, plot seems quite repetitive and tedious. It's because, because it, it completely is. is, yeah. There's, we can't get around it. It's just a lot of babysitting happening mm-hmm. and then not And a then lot him of... unexpectedly coming home. Yeah, because he's left his baggies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Harlan comes home and finds them making out and she, he's like, you're going to have to go. So they leave. And, she go, and while they're telling the rest of them off, um, she goes and gets a coat from their room. Bit rude. Well, yeah. And goes in there. I feel like you would just put the coat on the bed if you were leaving the coat in the room. Yeah, or just put it on the couch or something. Mm. It's weird to take it. But she goes. If we skipped over the bit where they go to the mall, because I wanted to point out what the shops are called. Oh, (laughs) God. So here's what the shops are called Cosmetics Plus, Earring World, and Sock City. I feel like he's just put in these placeholder names to be like, I'll think of something later. Like. And then you know, Bobbit didn't. Lip Balm Land or Cup Town. <laughs> <laughs> Just haven't filled it in later. Sock City reminds me of the first time I accidentally swore um, in front of my mum, which felt like a really big thing at the time. I must have been like nine or eight or nine. And I used to play around with language a lot, so I would mm. take a two-word phrase and change the letters around. So instead of Fun House, it would be Hun Faust. Yeah. Um, there's a shop called uh, Shoe City. <laughs> So I said, Sue Shitty. And then I immediately was like, oh Oh my god, I'm I'm in trouble now. I think my mum just laughed at me because I was so shitting it. It's like, no, I've said shitty. I didn't even mean to. You're Sue Shittying it. (laughs) Also, speaking of Donnie being poorly um, parented, he watches Poltergeist. Oh yeah. It's a 15. And he's six. That's nine years. And it's not even the first time he's seen it. So he's already seen this 15-rated horror film. Bad parenting. I mean, it's weird. On the one hand, they're, like, obsessed with him and keeping him safe. But on the other hand, they really don't give a fuck. No. (laughs) (laughs) Made me think less about him being kidnapped and more about him growing up into a weird shit. Well, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so she finds, as in getting her coat out of the wardrobe, um, she finds a box of newspaper clippings about the babysitter attacks with all the names circled. (sighs) Now... This is a ridiculous plot point, because why would you keep them? Well, it's like in the Funhouse episode, isn't it? Where if he has a shrine of... Yeah, if you've committed a crime, don't keep the evidence. Bury the evidence, burn the evidence, don't eat the evidence. Yeah. Don't keep <laughs> it in a box in the room that you share with your wife. Yeah. Unless she's in on it. It's not even like in a safe, it's just in a little shoebox. Yeah. I don't feel like she's box. in it. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Mr. Hahn comes back into the room and doesn't... He, Jenny doesn't know if he, he could see her mm. looking at the things because she kind of puts them away. And he insists on taking it home. Long story short, he did see it. <laughs> and now he's going to kill her. Um, he reala- She realises he's driving her out of town and he immediately does a Scooby-Doo confession like in Funhouse. Like they always do. Where it's like, oh yes, I... Twas I. I, I've, I've, I've committed all those attacks. Um, although we don't know if they killed any babysitters, do we? No, I think he just beat them up, which is horrible. Like a grown man beating up teenage, teenage girls. Do, yeah, it was him making the calls. He mm. was testing her, and in what was quite an interesting little twist for point horror, um, he says their baby girl died because the babysitter wasn't quick or smart enough. I think what actually happened is that the baby just had like sudden infant death syndrome. Well, it doesn't say or what happened. No. Um, and so he like hates the babysitters now because they're not quick or smart enough to save anyone. Uh, so he was calling her to like see how she'd react. Mm. Is what I understand this whole bit to be about. And she failed the test, so now he's going to kill her. I guess okay. he's going to kill her because she also knows that he mm, okay. did all the other ones. Um, he Although sounds... I'm also like, 
what's your master plan? Everyone knows that you just drove her home. So if she turns up dead, it's going to be pretty obvious who it was. Also, you can't just go through all the babies. You know what I would do if I was really concerned about my child? I'd stop going out. <laughs> or I'd take him with me. Yeah. Or a family friend, or dad goes home. Yeah. Looks after the kid, mum goes out. Like, these things happen. Just, like, make a friend. And... No, make any friends. Any friends. Where are you going that you couldn't take your kid? Orgy only. <laughs> like, dinner parties? Well, they talk about, like, they're going to parties at their friends' houses, so they've got friends. And I feel like if you were, had a friend and you know that your their kid, they'd lost a child and they were really nervous about leaving their other one, you'd be like, you know what, bring the kid. You well, yeah, because also bedroom. at one point he... She, He's like, no, we can't go to this dinner party. And Mrs. Hahn is like, no, she will literally never speak to me again if we don't go. And I thought, that's what a jitty friend. Yeah. Can you not just be like, my friend's, my kid's sick or something? Or no? I lost a child. I really don't want to yeah. like leave my other one. Just take him, maybe I'm just too nice. But maybe I'm... it's just that all of their friends know that he's a little brat. They yeah, he's like a little shithead. He'll just, watch, <laughs> he'll just put Poltergeist on again and we all want to watch the news. <laughs> That's what adults do in my world. They watch, watch the, the news. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Han slams on the brakes and she smashes her head on the dashboard, which I thought was quite... I was like, yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that that's awful. pretty brutal. And he punches her. Yeah. Which is horrible. Like, yeah. I can imagine... That must be horrifying. Like, I can't... As a teenager, like, obviously a grown man never put his hands on me in a violent way or anything like that, so I can imagine that would be really scary, actually. Well, I'm in my 30s, as I keep mentioning, I realise in this podcast, and um, I got manhandled by a man at a train Mm. station who worked at the train station, who, like, grabbed my wrist and pulled me, and that felt really awful, Mm -hmm. and I'm twice their age, so I imagine that would be really terrible. Um, And he drags her out, and he wants to kill her by pushing her into an empty quarry pit. And instead of just like throwing her over, he stands her up on the very edge mm-hmm. and takes a run up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <it's push> weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Isn't over it? and <laughs> just to push it. The really end hard. is really, really. I'm just gonna push you so hard <laughs> over that really steep cliff. It gets a bit roadrunner, doesn't it? <laughs> it gets a bit absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then Mr. Willis shows up with a gun. Which is a bit of an escalation. Um, <laughs> to try and stop him. And it turns out Mr. Willers is not Mr. Willers, of course. Um, and anyway, Mr. Han <laughs> runs to push her over the edge. But she, as you really that? easily would, dodges him. <laughs> and he throws himself off the edge. Which I was really laughing about. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. You've put a teenager on the edge of a cliff and you've had to take a run up. And then she just steps out of the way. What's- Shameful, isn't it? It's bad. It's so roadrunner. He's the worst murderer. Uh, yeah, he's not. He can't murder anyone. That's no. the only reason they were dead. They were not dead. Cause yeah. He's totally rubbish at it. Anyway, Willis is Lieutenant Ferris from the police. Uh, Mr. Hagen had beaten up the girl who was babysitting when their baby died. Just like br- he wouldn't be allowed near kid kids again, no, would that's he? Horrible. God. And Ferris, Mr. Ferris, uh, Lieutenant Ferris, Mr. Ferris, um, was had been, like, following Journey. This is an interesting little point. And was going to stop her from going for the house one day, but instead used her as bait. And she's like, you use me. And he goes, yeah, I did. <sighs> the police used her as bait. Oh, gross. Anyway, uh, that's the end of it. That's that. Yeah, it's just, it's well, that then is. at the end, they have this little bit at the end where she and her mum and Chuck are all having a wee cup of tea and a wee chat. And her mum, not even joking suggests another babysitting job. You're like, your daughter was just nearly murdered. Yeah, I mean, ineffectually murdered, but... But, I mean, what is wrong with her? Yeah, I'm not very happy with and how then it ends. And ends on a, on a quip, like they all do, like they which all makes do. them all seem like they're deeply traumatised. And it was all sociopaths. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one is a really slow one. It's a lot of tension build, and then a really shit end. Yeah. <laughs> also, let, let's do our, our Bobbit Stein, our Robot Stein checklist. White blonde hair. Yes. Check. Signposting of jokes. Check. Yep. He, in fact, this time has characters actually say the words, ha ha. <laughs> So they say a joke and then they actually say as part of the dialogue, ha ha. No blue and silver sports ball team cap though. And nobody smells of cinnamon. Oh yeah, they, they came later attention. on. <laughs> they came later <laughs> the in the cinnamon canon. came in later. Um, idiot, smelly face Chuck does have a mask that's close to a hat. Mm, no. So, okay. no. Okay. 
So, American things, very American, this book. The whole concept of a babysitter who's just some random stranger. I think that's quite American. Also, they go to this pizza place and they sit in a red vinyl booth. Oh, that's really... Yeah. yeah. And also, when um, Mr. Hahn is driving her, they go past all these barns and farmhouses and it's very, like, Midwest, isn't it? Mm, That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. The diner is the most American, sort of 90s. Yeah, thing. really, really. And then I was going to say what 90s things are there, but they're never like really. 80s things, really. Oh, I think there's loads, but they're 80s things. Okay. So, like, he watches Ghostbusters and Poltergeist on oh, his good, VCR. Good point. <laughs> Jenny listens to her Bangles cassette on her Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King book. Stephen King book. Um, also, I really like this. So, at one point, Mrs. Hagen, she's getting... I'm saying Hagen now. This is a game about getting ready, and she snaps on her earrings. So, I'm guessing they're, like, clip-on sh- like yeah. clip shell earrings. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. You're much better at picking the 90s things than I am. <laughs> I just imagine everything's happening now, close mm. to my house. Uh, is this in Blackpool as well? It is in Blackpool, yeah. How could you tell? Uh, fashion. No, I didn't really see any. Uh, she? Yeah, she's wearing a jean jacket. Oh, yeah. Which so was... could be now. Yeah, because we're having a resurgence of oh, 90s okay, things, that's, that's why. Yeah. Uh, and also, you just don't want me to say that because I know you've got a jean jacket. That's true. <laughs> I, I left it in a cafe and I can't get it back. No, oh, no, that was a really great one. I know. I left a denim shirt in somewhere as well. Um... And Laura has magenta press-on fingernails. Oh, God. That's a very 90s, isn't it? press-on nails. Yeah. Oh, and here's the fashion, the weird fashion thing, when it's uh, a picture of their other little girl. It wasn't Donnie. For one thing, this child had a pink ribbon in its hair. Oh, then it must be a girl. (laughs) And she was wearing a green corduroy jumper. This was a girl. Now... I feel like green corduroy jumper is probably about the malest. I, I know, that's weird that have. that would tell you instantly it was a girl. What's a corduroy jumper and a child? It'll boil to death. I definitely had a corduroy, a green corduroy jumper as a child. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, okay, our top trumps. Okay, Do we have trumps. a too stupid to live heroine? She's not the stupidest, but she's not the smartest either. No, and although she does repeatedly tell him to go away and she calls the police and the police are no help at all and she considers giving up the job but she can't because her Mm. mom needs the money yeah she's not definitely not the stupidest but she's not the smartest stick in the box (laughs) (laughs) do we have um a sexy bad boy sociopath i think I mean, Chuck's not sexy. Well, he's not even trying to be sexy. He's just some clown idiot. We've definitely, he's def- There's something definitely wrong with him. He does not have a good sense of boundaries. No. I don't think he's a good boyfriend. I don't think this relationship is going to go well. He's just a bad person. Mr. Hard, bit of a babe. Do you think? And he is a I bad just, boy. So I just forgot about all the other stuff. I just saw the red ears and I was like, mm, don't really like that. If he knocks off the drugs, I think he might be fine. Yeah, that's true. Death Toll is uh, zero in the book. Well, no, Mr. Mr. Hahn. Oh, yeah, of course, Mr. Hahn dies. So one. Yeah, one, mm-hmm. but a deserved one. Yeah. Um, hardly any queer subtext. Mm, <laughs> I'm bringing this no. in as a thing. Mm-hmm. Hardly any. Um, is it good, though? It's good in terms of nostalgia, because, mm-hmm. like, I remember it from first time round. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not first time round, but in the 90s. Um, I remember it. So it was a kind of a fond read for me, and it kind of ticks off all the kind of standard slasher tropes, mm. you know, like the babysitter and the spooky house in the woods and the, the phone, phone calls, calls and, and yeah, all the kind of standard, the kind of Joker boyfriend, like all the standard things. So, face at the window and yeah, so it's like all the cliches. Yeah. So it's kind of good in like a fun, kind of cliche urban legend type way. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it for nostalgia. I'll give it a three. Yeah, same. I actually thought it was really slow mm-hmm. because I'm used to reading point horror books now because I have to read a lot for this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you want to. And I want to as well. But they are really fast-paced most mm-hmm, of the time and this mm-hmm. was really slow-paced, which I think is probably better in terms of quality. But I am now desensitised and just want action all of the time. Mm. I think reading a lot of point horror books has made me really plot-oriented. Yeah, and quite impatient. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, is it good bad? Well, see, no, because it's quite, it's quite boring. Yeah, I don't think boring. it's good bad. It's not like so melodramatic and nah. yeah. Sorry, what would you give it for good? Did you say? Um, three, three. Mm, yeah, I'd go for that. For good bad, I'd give it two. It's not, yeah. it's not really good bad at all. No, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's the prototype, isn't it? Really. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, 
So what are we doing next time, Heather? Uh, next time we'll be doing The Bride by D.E. Athkins. Yeah, which surely that's a pen name. Deathkins. Oh, of course it is. I didn't even notice that and I'm looking at it. It must yeah. be Deathkins. It must be a pen name. That sounds like a really goth name for a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Deathkins. Death no. <laughs> She's a little Deathkins. And that will be the last one in our first series. And then we're going to do a special episode where we compare all the books and pick the series one winner. Yes, I'm really excited about mm. that. You're going to have to have champagne and things to celebrate. Oh, definitely. Yes. Because we drink so much champagne. Yes. Or at least um, some gin. So if you want to read along, uh, you can do so. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasting joy, um, which I hope are a part of. And you can review us as well and share us and tell everyone about us and this makes us happy. Mm-hmm. You can also get us on social media. Yeah, on Twitter we are at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram we are at Teenage Scream Pod. You can also, if you like, chuck a couple of pounds in our tip jar at Patreon. So if you just have a look for Teenage Scream Podcast at Patreon, um, and if you could help us cover the costs, that would be fantastic. And we'll put a link to that on our social media as well, so you can see yes. it easily. Um, and I'm really excited. Thanks for being with us so far, by the way. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's been excellent. Until next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.